I'd like to share just six words this morning from Colossians 1, verse 17. And the six words are as follows. In him, all things hold together. And I believe that within these words, there are principles by which God really wants to invite us into a deeper and a richer experience of him. So I shall do my best to try and explain how that is. These six words are part of a longer hymn that Paul either wrote or he's quoting. And what he's saying in this hymn is, if you want to know this huge, massive God that is very difficult to understand, take a look at Jesus. He is the exact image of God. He is the one that created everything. He is the one that is a person. We can get to know, we can understand him, we can hear his words, we can get a handle more on who this guy Jesus is, and we can know God because of that. He is the one who holds us together. Last Sunday, Duncan was talking about Jesus as the creator. And these six words very much follow on from the idea of Jesus as our creator, that everything that exists is because of him. He made it because he wanted to, and it's all made for him as well. If he stopped intending and putting his attention on us existing we would simply stop existing it's odd isn't it you think if god took his attention away from making this building exist right now it would simply not be there ever more <laughs> it would go it is his attention and his intention which continues creation to exist as it is and that includes us as well for the funsies. Last week, I went on holiday. <laughs> yes, I know, it was so good. And um, we got dragged up. Has anyone been in a cable car before to go up a mountain? This is what we were doing. And it's terrifying, really. There's about 50 people in this tiny little thing. And it's literally a box being dragged <laughs> up a mountain really slowly. And you try not to think too much about it and just look out and enjoy the view. And I can't understand the mechanics of it anyway, so just let that one go. If there's any engineers, then you might get more. We're trying to figure it out because there's two things, but I just... I don't know which one's pulling and which one's rolling, but it doesn't matter because it worked. That's the main thing. <laughs> but when you're at the top, there was two amazing views. There was looking forwards, seeing the city right down. Wow, like there's the airport, there's the city, there's the castle. Just You can't imagine how far away you feel from the place where you were an hour ago. But if you go around the other side and look out, I realized that this mountain I was standing on was the beginning of the mountains. And there were so many more stretching much further than I could see. And they were really rugged and jagged and snow-topped and lots of people in very important-looking boots <laughs> were going walking. <laughs> I did not, <laughs> but I uh, waved them off and wished them well in German. Um, and 
God made all of that. He made those mountains. He makes them exist as they are and continue existing because he wants to, because it's beautiful for us to enjoy as his top creation. He makes it exist because he wants to. It's his intention and it's his attention which keeps all of that together. But you don't need to go to a mountain to experience all of this. When through the woods and forest glades I wander and hear the birds sing sweetly in the trees. And when I look down from lofty mountain grandeur and hear the brook and feel the gentle breeze. All of us have this every single day. We can look up and look around and see God's nature and the beauty of it for us to enjoy. We can see that it is his attention and intention which makes it as it is, and he makes it to be there for us to go, whoa, that's a good view. Wow, that sounds amazing. So what? So what? Nature's great. We all know that. That's fine. Jesus is the creator. We can trust him. This is what Duncan was saying last week. Because he made it all, he knows it all, he knows us all from beginning to end, and we can trust him. We can stand back and say, wow, and we can give him our thanks when he moves our hearts with the things that he's made around us to see and enjoy. And as we give him thanks, it does something to us emotionally as well. Have you ever had that moment of just feeling full up on the inside and just overflowing that to God? And he lifts our gaze up from where we are to see him, to see who he is. That's the wonder of a great big view, like the one I got to see last week. You're just reminded, oh, this is bigger than what I think in my day-to-day life, driving around Nottingham. I remember you made the mountains as well as my road and where I live and where I walk around. And you are holding the mountains together at the same time as you hold me in my life together. He holds all things together. He holds us together. These words are not just a superglue word. It's not just he takes two things and he sticks them and he holds them together like that. But these words actually have movement in them. They have a forward motion is implied within them. It means that God continues to hold us together. He continues to restore us. If anybody has ever cut their finger, have you ever done it while you're slicing a lemon? Ouch. (laughs) We've all been there. We know what it is when we've got a cut finger and it bleeds and then the body kicks into action and starts working really hard to heal that injury on our finger. And it's the same what God is doing in us to restore us. Because we've all been injured 
We've all been injured by sin. We've all been injured and separated from the health that God wants us to have in him. Before we come to Jesus and say, I really need you to come into my life. I need you to come and change things for me. I need you to come and help me feel better. I need you to come and heal me and forgive me. We're like someone with a cut finger. We're injured, and there's nothing that we can do about it. But Jesus, he heals that greatest injury of sin. You think of a bloodied finger, and we can think of another blood that was shed so that we might know the full healing and restoration of God, that before him we appear utterly complete and in the full health that he created us to have as we know him and we love him and we move forwards as he continues to restore us. And it's so great hearing about RSD this morning because that is a tool in God's hand to restore us back to the full health he wants us to have in him and before him. If you're not a Christian this morning, if you don't know that Jesus has come into your life to save you and change you and make you feel differently, then we really would love to chat with you. Please don't leave today without talking with somebody more about what it means to have Jesus in your life, because he is the only one who can restore us. He is the only one that can change you and make you feel different and heal you from the greatest injury that's ever been done to you, which is the injury of sin. So if that is you, then at the end, Emily and others will be over there. Find out more. Please go on and chat with them, and they would love to talk more with you about that. When we look at our fingers here today, you can give them a little wiggle if you want to. If they're painted particularly, you can show your neighbour. <laughs> Boys, put them away. <laughs> when you look at your fingers today, you can be assured of the greater truth that God is continuing to restore you today to full health in Christ. In Philippians 1.6, it says that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. But if you're like me, it don't always feel like it. <laughs> I don't know if anyone apart from me has ever walked into church on a Sunday and been like, oh, <laughs> anyone? <laughs> no. Oh, Nick, are you putting your hand up or scratching your head? Yum. Okay, <laughs> I'm going to take that as a yes anyway. <laughs> Sometimes when I come in on a Sunday, honestly, my thought process is, oh, sorry about that last week. I should have done better. It's Sunday, fresh start, new page. This week, I'm going to try harder, I promise. Thanks for everything you've done. This is it. This is the start. This is the first day of the rest of my life. I am going to do better. Does anyone ever have this on a Sunday? Jesus holds us together and he is continuing to restore us day 
by day by day as we know him and as we love him. And we can do some things to work with him in his restoration of our lives. I did an intern year in a church when I left school, and a big part of it was in getting to know God better through reading the Bible and through talking to him, listening to him in prayer. And we were told when we first started this year that we we were going to have an hour every morning just to pray. Like, oh my goodness, (laughs) what am I going to (laughs) do? So I went through the first like five minutes and went through everything I could think of to possibly ask for or say sorry for or anybody who needed any kind of help. And it was literally about seven minutes. And was like, oh man, what am I going to do now? But over time, there is that wall. There is that wall, right? If you, if you pray. For me, it's about 15 minutes where you're like, I'm at the end of everything I want to say now. How about it? What is going on here? But after that, I found that God just opened a door and took me through into his mind to walk around with him and to ask him, who do you really care about? today? What are the things that are really on your heart today? How can I praise you more today? How can I give you my heart more today? And I just remember back with such sweetness to that year because God every morning took me totally into the throne room of heaven just to be with him to walk around, to get a burden in my heart for the stuff that he really cared about. And it's so vivid a memory. It's not, it's not what I'm living with today, and I'm sad. <laughs> Honestly, I miss that closeness with God. And I remember one morning in particular, vividly, just not feeling near to him. I didn't feel that I'd been taken by him to go and have this time with him. It's like, oh, no. What's happened? What have I done wrong? And he showed me an area of sin that I just needed to say sorry for. Over time, actually, it wasn't just, okay, here we go. But it took time. But then after that, I gained that nearness with him again. And as we spend more time with him, we do become more aware of the stuff that might be lurking quite deep in our hearts that he wants to change and he wants to heal and he wants to restore and he wants to make us feel differently. And if you've known that nearness to God, then I just want to encourage you, go for it. Go for it again. Know him more and more every day. And if you haven't known that kind of nearness to God before, then you can. He wants you to. It's an invitation to you today to step into knowing him better. And it's not rules, and it's not a list of stuff that you must do. It's an invitation from the one who made us and the one who loves us to come and know the one who can fix us and the one who can restore us. And if, if there's any stirring in you this morning of like, I do want to know God more, then I want to pray at the end that God will help us 
begin as we journey with him into that place of nearness and knowing him better. And again, if this is something that's very new for you, then we would love to talk with you in the Find Out More area right at the end and pray with you that the Holy Spirit will come and begin with your real relationship with God. Um, You probably know, generally, that I get to go to Malawi and lead some of our teams there, which is an absolute highlight in my life, and I love it. Mulibwanji, Gladys. (laughs) And a couple of times ago, before I was going, normally the preparation is a huge amount of list-making, and sometimes I've been known to pack, like, two weeks in advance before going and setting aside a whole room in um, my flat just for like Malawi stuff to gather it and then roll it all up and make it perfect. And it's normally a really good thing to prepare for this. I love being in Malawi. I love the people there. I love going to the church there. I love being able to take our guys from here to have this big experience of what life is like over in a very poor country with people who we already know and love, but they can enter into a relationship with them as well. It's just amazing. But a couple of times ago, in the preparations leading up to going to Malawi, every day I was getting slightly more panicked and anxious and losing sleep because of someone that I was never going to tell you about on a Sunday. She's called Tinkerbell Norton, and <laughs> she's my cat. <laughs> and for some reason, I was, I was getting ready to go to Malawi for a couple of weeks. I was getting fraught that something was going to happen to my cat, and she was going to die, and it was going to be awful, and I wasn't going to be able to cope, and it was just going to be a catastrophe. Catastrophe. Hey. <laughs> And it sounds ridiculous, but it was very true for me, and I was getting in a right flap. And um, there's a little walk I like to do around by where I live. It's about 25 minutes. It's through the beautiful suburb of Radford and uh, along the River Lean, which if you look that way, it's all river and things growing and birds. And if you look that way, it's like road. But anyway, (laughs) we'll look that way and just enjoy God's nature and his creation and the soothing sounds of rippling water. And I walk along here and I find that that for me is a great place just to talk to God and tell him how it is. And um, I started off with this 15 minutes of ranting about my cat and how anxious I was about her. And as he's done before, he just lets, lets me do it. And then he starts asking me questions to try and delve into like, but why? Why do you feel like this? Why are you thinking this? So he started probing like, why are you so worried about this right now? And what it boiled down to was I didn't believe that he liked my cat. I didn't believe that he cared at all about the life of this pet, which is probably far too important to me, but it is what it is. (laughs) And he reminded me of this verse in Matthew. Look at the birds of the air. They or the cats, they do not sow or reap or store away in barns, 
yet your heavenly Father feeds them. And he reminded me that he really cares about these little animals that he's made. He, he knows this relationship and he knows the lifespan of my cat and he knows my heart as well and he knows how to help me through any kind of circumstance. And it just gave me so much peace to know, oh, you do actually care about this part of my life as well. I'd never thought that before, even though Rachel and I share good theology that pets do in fact go to heaven. (laughs) (laughs) One writer says, it is amazing that we should ever look anywhere else for meaning and purpose in life, since he is the creator who holds all things together, he knows how best to fix and order our lives, even the small things like cat care. So what I'd love us to do to finish is take the opportunity that God gives us today to come to him, the creator who holds us, and who is continuing to restore us every day. And just have a little wriggle if you're not comfortable. We're going to just sit for a few more minutes. But I'd love you to just close your eyes and picture today as a snapshot of your life right now. And what is in your picture And who is in your picture? And what brings you happiness? And what causes you pain? Jesus has got you. He is restoring you every day. You can trust him with the small things and with the big concerns. You can tell him every day what is going on. And one day, on that glorious day, we will be with him. We will be restored. We will be fully us in Christ. We will be as he has made us to be. We will gaze upon him in glory and in fullness, where every concern has passed, every disappointment is finished. But for now, for today, he holds you. He is continuing to restore you. You can look around, look at your hands, look at nature. You can see he is continuing in you and with you. When Christ shall come with shout of acclamation and take me home, what joy shall fill my heart? Then shall I bow in humble adoration and there proclaim, my God, how great thou art.